Hello, beautiful people. Hello, hello. Hello. Don't you love my voice? Admit it. You love it. You love my voice. <laughs> I don't know how long I can keep this up. Fuck. Uh, yeah, so... This is weird now because the microphone's like in front of my face. I just lowered my chair at uh, the lowest it can be, so like I'm... I'm <laughs> It's like the microphone is going to slap me. And I think that's... Uh, it says a lot about our relationship so far, microphone. It's been a while, man. Like, uh, you've been good to me. You've been a good microphone, I, I admit. You know, you've uh, stood strong all this the past seven months. At first, I was confused by you, intrigued by you, delighted by you. But now I'm just uh, getting slowly bored of you no no i'm so, no i love you i love you. we should have we should just spend more time together i'm serious we should uh we should go on a date sometime <laughs> i come to think about it you know how often do i just look at my things and appreciate them for for letting me do things i really otherwise couldn't you know like i i couldn't do shit without this laptop and you know, i really appreciate that my wallet carries my money for me, my clothes cover me and, and add to my identity, let's say. Bottles of water. I'm just naming things that are around me right now <laughs> on the table. <laughs> but seriously, like we don't we don't think about this at all. We just use them and use them and use them and once they're they've done their purpose, we throw them to the side and continue. Sure we might have like one or two things that we actually like feel something for. And I'm not even telling you to feel something for for your things. But just to acknowledge the fact that without these things, your ability as a person is is lower, it diminishes. Without the microphone, I can't record. And it took a while till we were able to develop technology like this. And that technology was built on technology before it. And that technology was built on technology before it. And every person came in and added a bit and a bit and a bit. And somehow we get to this level of complexity. And it's fantastic. And... You know, part of our ability to go to the next step is to be able to discard the step we're, we're in right now. And being detached from, from your items is fantastic, you know, but... Uh, yeah, I, I didn't think that this is what I would be talking about, to be honest, but now that it's happening, it's happening. We're, we don't... Sure, we're living in a material world and, and we care about our items or we care about looking in a certain way or buying this certain thing or whatever, but... The items that we do have, how much, how grateful are we that, that they add to our lives? Do they add to our lives to begin with? Okay, what does this thing add to me, add to my life? Really, I've, I read this book the other day called The Magic of Tidying Up. And the the chick who wrote it, the, the girl who wrote the woman, the woman who wrote it, uh... I think I think she was she she had a like problem as a kid because she keeps keeps on telling stories about how when she was like eleven she'd go into her brother's room and she'd tidy up his room and his sister's room or her sister's room and and her mother's room and like her family would get pissed at her because she's she's cleaning up their their shit and she's throwing away things that they haven't used in like more than six months so she'd take like they'd have a closet and she'd take things that that were a bit dusty that she thinks that her brother or sister or mother uh, haven't been using and she'd put those things a bit back in, in the closet where they wouldn't be seen 
And after six months of that, if that item hasn't been moved or hasn't been used or, or her brother or sister hasn't, haven't asked for it, then she'd discard it and she'd throw it away. Imagine having an 11-year-old in your house like that, man, just like going around making sure all of the items around are, are in their place or they have their use or otherwise throw it away. And, and that's such a good concept, you know, throw away things that don't speak to you, that that you can't use, that you don't think about, that don't add to your life. Because that's just extra space that, that's taken up in your life. And space that's taken up in your life also affects how you think because that's just clutter in your brain. So for me, for example, here in Hamburg, I moved to this apartment, uh, this room in an apartment three months ago. And it didn't have anything besides like this small shitty cupboard slash closet I can put my clothes in. And it has three drawers and they barely open properly. But it works, you know, it, it works for my purposes right now. But I never I never feel that my room is clean, no matter how much I clean it. You know, the the way the room is, is, is just arranged, the scratches on the wall, the there's screws or nails in the wall. Like there's one, two, three, four, five, six. There's like three right next to the cool monkey poster. And why are there just nails? Like, okay, I used one of them to put my clock on it, and that's fantastic, but there's nails in the wall. <laughs> the left side to my wall is painted wrong, and uh, there's people that lived here before me that, like, drew on a wall uh, here too. So it just always, it's always cluttered, and, and I'm tr always trying to, you know, put everything in its place and whatnot, but no matter how much I do that, I feel overwhelmed. And w what this book is saying is that what you should do is literally take every item that you that you use or that you that you interact with your clothes your teapots whatever whatever you have but like you start with a category first you start with a like today i'm gonna tidy up my clothes and then you go to your closet and you look at your clothes and you ask yourself you hold every t-shirt you have every piece of underwear every sock but finish your t-shirts first then pants then underwear and then socks you shouldn't do like, you shouldn't mix categories, is what she says, you know. And she's like a tidying freako maniac. So, uh, I, I wonder, like, I want to meet her. I want to see, like, how she's like, honestly. Like, uh, if I get to invite her on this podcast at some point, I think I'd, I'd like that. Because I just like to psychologically just see how the fuck this person functions. Uh, to have this compulsive need, you know. You know, like, I... I think about the universe and I think about, you know, this these grander patterns that things follow and how from these patterns things trickle down to to everything functioning the way it functions. And, and this is how my thought process at least works, you know, the grand picture of how things move. But how her thought process works and what she's mentally specialized in is, is tidying up. And, you know, people pay her to come over to their house and help them tidy up their lives. And, and like she does workshops and and like she's making good money off of tidying up she just specialized her mental efforts and and who she is really into this one thing and she's doing that and i, th I think that's fucking fantastic but like how how her brain functions <laughs> i i want to i want to see that i want to understand it really so you hold every every t-shirt and you look at it and you, and you see like how how it makes you feel does it does it speak to me does it not speak to me and if it doesn't speak to you, you discard it, you throw it away, you give it uh, to someone. You don't give it uh, to your family members because you're just throwing trash on them that they probably need to discard later. 
but you donate it, you know? And that might not be easy at the beginning to discard the things that you think don't speak to you. But like, let's take clothes, for example. Clothes, you you wear them, you identify yourself with them. And whatever you wear, it says something about you in one way or another, either to yourself or to other people. And that, that matters. And if you wear things that aren't you, then you won't always feel like you. And a part of, I'm sure, like a part of you knows that. A part of me at least feels that. Like if I'm wearing something that isn't me, I feel like, oh, this this isn't me. And there's a few things in my closet, like if I would look at, I'd be like, my sister, for example, would have gotten them for me. And as much as I love my sister, she, her taste in clothes, every time she bought me any any type of t-shirt or anything, I always thought like, what the fuck? You know, at what point did you think I like this this weird color? Uh, <laughs> as, as nice as she is, you know? And if I'd be honest with myself, I'd look at these things, I'd be like... I don't feel I don't feel a connection to this, you know, and I throw it away. Not, right now, I'm not throwing my like my sister got me a sweater, for example. That's that's a weird color. It's a mix between orange and red. I, I don't know what I don't know how to, but it's not me. That's all I know. I don't know how to describe this color, but it's not me. And I only keep it because I can't really afford buying another sweater at the moment. But it's summer now, so I think I will actually throw it, and hopefully by winter again, I'd I'd be able to get. A new one. And yeah, like generally, like in your room, I think your room, like it's something that represents you very powerfully. And I I mentioned that more than once. So knowing like every item in your room, how it makes you feel, how it relates to you. If it doesn't relate to you, it's not you, you discard it. And even something that does relate to you now, maybe later on in like six months or a year, you look at it again and you're like, I don't relate to this anymore. You discard it. And when you discard something, you create room for emptiness for something else to take its place you create space you really do and and that's that's a process that that you go through so if i look at my room right now there's a lot of things i'd actually get rid of but i'm not in a stage in my life where i can really get rid of a lot of things i sure no I'm, this is bullshit i'm telling myself honestly like i can get rid of at least 30 percent of the things here i'm 100 percent positive but uh, the fact that I'm, I'm, I just don't have the money to really buy a lot of things, I, I just, I'd just rather keep the things I do have. But it is extra weight and it is mental clutter that uh, takes space from you and you're in your head. You know, and the moment you clean up, like the other day I cleaned up uh, papers that I had in my in my bag. I have this bag that just has a lot of papers that, that I accumulated throughout my time. Uh, and it's my paper bag. I think like everyone has like a paper folder, play paper thing where they have their paper stuff, right? And I went through it and I threw away like at least seventy percent of the things that were inside inside that bag. And I'm sure like I don't need those seventy percent of things. We always think like, oh, I might need it, I might not. I maybe maybe I'd regret it, you know. Maybe I would I would be like, fuck, where did I throw this paper? But I, I don't think I threw anything important. Uh, even if I didn't use it in six months, some paper you need to hold, some papers you need to hold on for longer, especially like payment slips and uh, your bank statements, so people, the government knows what you've been up to. Uh, yeah, I feel I feel just like uh, a weight, one of the weights of my life, you know, taken taken off after cleaning it up. But like you know, I just sat down and I was like, okay, right now this is the only thing I'm focusing on. This category papers in this bag is what I'm gonna clean, and I finished that. So like, there's other things that I could clean up, you know, like I could go through my Evernote. Uh, my Evernote application where I have all of my notes about a million different things, you know, about books I want to write in the future or podcast episodes I'm, I'm thinking about, talking about, or uh, sometimes, you know, when I'm going through music, 
uh, some albums and and some albums really like they're really artistic and and they speak to me somehow. <clears throat> and something I've talked about often is is how we are we can arrange things consciously to create something beautiful. And one of those things that I created consciously was the book cover. And I did that by taking a lot of elements from a lot of different things and just putting them together in a way that made sense for me, in a way that fit, right? And I have I have a, a part in my Evernote where I take screenshots of album covers uh, for like mo- like modern songs, not really old albums. And like I say, like okay, like how this curve here, or how this color there, or how this pattern or shape here, and I take all of those together, and like in my head I, I make this a new a new shape like thing for for a book cover, for example. Uh, so I have that type of file. I have so many notes that I can really clean up. I have duplicates of notes. But then I decide like one day to just sit down and go through all of them and clean them up. And how often are we willing to really do that? You know, I think, would I take the time? It might take like half an hour to an hour. I don't think it would take that much time. But uh, And then like once it's tidy, I think it will always be tidy because then the system is set up for where everything needs to go rather than everything just being thrown in like that and that happened uh, to me in a lot of other cases like right now for the podcast I know like where all of my files are being when I record this is where the files go when I finish the episode and I uh, transfer it and export it into another type of file this is where it goes Uh, if I need to edit an old file from an older episode this is where it is that that I know and that's like not something I ever need to think about and that's fantastic you know, maybe in, in a few months I'd be like, okay, let me look at this and arrange it again and, and fix it. Now, it's the same thing with the online course. Like, I the videos I took, uh, the recordings I took, the, the edits, the papers, the worksheets, the PDF syllabus, like, all of these things are organized in a way. And, and now that I'm doing more courses, I created more subunits into, in the online course branch where I where I can access these things easily. And of course, like one thing about optimization is that you want the thing that you would use more often or the things things that you use often should be the things that are most accessible to you. So this is why, you know, Spotify's algorithm, when you listen to music, they look at the most recent music you've been listening to rather than what you've listened to you listened to in, in your entire life. They look at the most recent pattern that you've been listening to. And from that recent pattern, they derive what further music you'd think you'd like to listen to and then they send you your discover weekly and that's that's a brilliant thing and a lot of a lot of systems are like that too you know facebook instagram they're always showing you the most recent things everything that's old gets discarded and then you can build on on the recent with more recent that's relevant to the recent so this is this has something to do with our attention spans too and whatnot but uh, just just think about it like if i'm vacuuming no, that's that's not a cool example. Like if I if I want to leave the leave my home every day, like I go to to work. There's a place where my jacket is that's right next to the door, for example, and I know that that's where my jacket is, and I'm going to use it exactly when I need it, which is right before leaving the house. So it's where it's most available to me exactly when I need it. Access to it is is easy when I need it. Uh, same with shoes right next to the door. So when I leave, you have the keys, you have your shoes, you have your jacket, bounce, done. Uh, so you do that with your files too. The files that you've used most recently are probably the files that you're going to use most recently. So 
Uh, I got this from a book I read a while back called Al- Algorithms to Live By. Brilliant book, and it talks about you know statistics and how you know you can move data in a way for it to be more optimized for you to use. And it talks mainly about your life, how you can make better decisions in, in, in these type of algorithms. Because what an algorithm is is when something collects from a set of data a pattern that you can follow to make better decisions. And the more data you have, the more experience you have, the better decisions you can make. And algorithms to live by is exactly that. And one of the sentences I got from Algorithms to Live By that I always repeat to myself, and I even mentioned it in the book, act, learn, adjust, act, learn, adjust. And there was an example in the book, you know, the book talked about how to to find uh, an apartment, (laughs) you know, like if if by the 37th percent uh, of, of like, the apartments you've seen is as good or is not as good as the last apartment then you should probably get this apartment it was some weird i, I don't know like if i really follow that that type of rule but I, I clearly can't explain it enough or clearly i don't understand it enough to explain it uh, it was a while back but uh, he mentioned this example about a scientist who was trying to organize his papers in the most uh, efficient way and he put them in different categories, okay, like this is uh, experiments, this is uh, science, this is the research, blah, blah, blah. And and he found that, you know, that's not really efficient. And he found that what he was using the most, the paper pile he was using the most, was when he pulled from those categories and he read whatever paper that was, and he'd put it to, in a box to his side. And, and every time he read anything, he put it in that box in the order that he read it. So even if he... So let's say now he needed to read something that's already in the box. He'd pull that thing up again and then put it back at the beginning of that box. So that every so it's just exactly the most recent thing that he read is always the, the closest thing to him. And he found that that's actually the fastest way for him to, to go through his papers. He realized that the papers he's read most recently are the papers that he's probably going to read most recently. And that's, that's a brilliant concept if you think about it. You, know, you keep things close to you. The ones that you need, you need the things that the things you need the most are the things you keep close to you, uh, or closer to you, and the things you need the most are probably the things you always need the most, and you are the things you repetitively use, and it's the same with your clothes. Like like for me, I realized like most of my time, whenever I'm washing my clothes, I find like there's a pattern to how I'm washing my clothes. There is the clothes that I really like that I end up wearing really quickly. And then there's, after those are done, the clothes that I don't like that much, but I wear because I still haven't watched my the clothes that I really like. Then I just started uh, washing more often, so I just wear more of what I like. And then like it's a matter of washing properly so that you take care of your clothes, and that's something I need to work a bit on because, you know, wa- washing clothes isn't that complicated. <laughs> but I, I think I can, I can do a better job in, in trying to to maintain my clothes more but um, I just want to honestly I just want to have some money so I can really like buy a new wardrobe and and dress myself the way I want to a lot more uh, I'm quite I'm, I'm, I have a lot of limitations somewhat with that and I think like how you re- represent yourself to other people is really important you know at the end of the day that's the impression they get off your character and it should be something that that speaks you know it is who you are and that's why, like, if you look at a piece of clothing, you'd ask yourself, is this is this something that, that speaks to me? Is this something I like? Even with your books, even with anything. Is this something that I, I really need? 
And at the end of the day, you'll start filtering your life around these things and, and you'll see that what remains are the things that speak to you and what doesn't remain is gone. And then you'll be more you. And in this book, Magic of Tidying Up, this uh, the writer talked about an example of how there was this... Uh, she went to a woman's place and she had so many clothes that she 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 had she had so many clothes that she needed to discard and they sat together and and she told her you know look at these clothes throw away what you what doesn't speak to you and she threw away like 90% of her clothes and most of them were dresses and uh, tops that her sister gave her or bought for her or just passed on to her as a secondhand clothing and like i have a lot of secondhand clothing from my brother definitely <laughs> and uh, and then most of what this woman kept were really simple, you know, really simple sundresses or sweaters or you know very casual, simple things that she liked. And then she threw ninety percent of her clothes, and she was she felt just like so light because now she doesn't have a part that isn't her, that isn't her in her closet. It's just what she is is in her closet, and there's less clutter in her life. So, yeah, that's something that's that's I, th I think is important to use. Of course, like she had different techniques to how you should fold your clothes and how you should decide what to throw or what not to throw and how to store and what not to store. And she told like she said something like storing that we with this the storing fallacy where we think that yeah instead of discarding something we just store it and put it somewhere else and we just end up storing more and more and more of things that we really aren't going to use and they stay there for a very long time for really no reason and i think that's right you know i ha had this part to myself in my paper bag i just stored in it whatever paper i put it in I put it in put it in put it in uh whatever it is i'm just gonna put it in too many papers just get yourself another folder and put put them in a folder and keep them there and that doesn't fix anything you know it doesn't add to the value of, of uh of my organization skills i'm not i'm not saying like i'm the most organized person in the world i'm probably the least organized person i know but um, i'm trying you know trying to be more organized be organized once and then try to maintain that and then it wouldn't be too hard to maintain it because it's it is what it is so yeah getting back to appreciating my my things man mouse i appreciate you you've been with me for a long time You've been with me for three years, man, or four years now. And you've been working perfectly ever since. You don't need to use a lot of batteries. I think that's pretty fucking cool. Like, I change your battery, like, once every year, even less. And I think that's fucking awesome. I don't understand how you can be such a good mic. Mic, no, such a good mouse. And thank you. <laughs> Did I really feel anything while I said that? I, I don't think so. But I do appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's helping me do stuff I otherwise really couldn't. Um, yeah, seeing that our capabilities are limited to the things that we can use and how we can use them, I think is, is just so important. Other than that, you know, like um, seeing like that as a message, you know, like what what we can control. I thought like a focus on that in the book was important. But lately, I've been thinking about about my message, the message that I'm trying to give out and, and midnight wisdom and whatever it is that I'm doing. And, you know, it's important to keep thinking about it because, you know, what am I doing? Not a lot of people are listening to, to any of this right now. And, and like I always say, it's it's not 
something that matters to me right now. I have the things that I really need to worry about right now in my life. And I want this podcast to be a reflection of who I am, when I am, who I think I can be in the future, that people can look back and be like, whoa, you know, this was who this guy was. This is how he thought about things. This is how he approached problems in his life. And then uh, look at him now. He managed to do all of these things he said he would, uh, or at least a lot of them. And uh, maybe, maybe we can be inspired to be ourselves a lot more too. Because it does take, you know, courage and vulnerability to to just speak out who you are. And, you know, like there's a lot of things that I said that I, that I don't think a lot of people would be really okay with saying a lot of, of what I said about myself and letting that, you know, be accessible to anyone who is actually willing to go through this. And there's a lot of drawbacks to that, you know, like at some point in the future, people might dig things up and try to blackmail me with them or say like, oh, this guy did this, this guy did that, uh whatever you know like they anyone can do that and there's a lot of drawback drawbacks you know sometimes i talk to people who listen to the to the episodes and then then i realize like oh they these people know more about me than i know about them and they know me in a very different way than than i than i could ever know them because i never sat down for an hour just listening to them talk non-stop about how they think or see things and who knows, who knows, like, if I'll get hurt because of this in the future, but that's the point of being vulnerable, right? And that's a, that's a question I've been asking myself a lot lately, like, a lot of podcasts that I've looked at that became famous at some point, what they did was they deleted most of the episodes that they started with. They, they let's say, they get famous on episode 60, they delete the first 50 episodes, and then they start off their podcast from from that 50th episode onwards. And then then people have that type of impression of them of getting to that. Because, you know, the experience that people go through as they listen to the podcast is very linear. Sometimes probably not linear. Uh, people might focus on the most recent episode that came out and what's happening now and how does this relate to that. Because that's what might be relevant at that point. And that's what grabs our attention the most. You know, like uh, Avengers Infinity War was... Uh, was I think three months ago and, and I recorded a review critic, critic episode with Johannes that I didn't upload because we recorded it like a month and a half after after the movie and uh, I thought you know uploading it now it's just not relevant anymore people won't really pay attention and that's that's just the truth you know people their attention is pretty low and things fade on really quick but this is why I like I like to keep my episodes long in a sense because thought requires longer thought you know thought requires time we're not living in a, in a time that lets us sit down and think and this is one of the the events that i'm creating for myself and whoever wants to listen to just think or just absorb thought and and when you let yourself not be distracted so much for 20 minutes 30 minutes an hour and a half or an hour you're you strengthen your ability to contain or, or sustain yourself in one thought for for a longer time so we go back to the question, what, what is it really the message that I've been trying to, to say? And, and I struggled with that in the beginning episodes, I remember, you know, like trying to say like where the future of the podcast is going or like in the first episode, what it is that I'm, I'm trying to get to. And you know, part of me is just, just thinks that I just want people to not be so terrified of being themselves in this world and, and that they shouldn't be so scared of, of chasing after or trying to enrich their lives in, in whatever way. 
I want us to love each other a lot more and, and be there for each other. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? You know, sure, I can say that I want people to not have that strong of a sense of separation with the world. Because at the end of the day, looking at, at where we are and where we could go, the the explosion of, of, of us of what's happening right now it's it's insane it's it's intense it's massive the future that we're we're heading towards is just something we can't properly imagine but we can try you know we're, we're getting into genetic modification and we're getting into ai we're getting into everything and these aren't separate technologies man these things are, will be connected together too and just imagine that trying to inhabit a planet, for example, that has a different type of atmosphere so that the sky isn't blue, the sky is, is red, for example. And most of the light that comes into into this atmosphere is UV light. And the only way that you can sustain yourself against UV light is if you have purple skin that can reflect it so that it doesn't enter your system and damage your cells, right? So how do we inhabit a planet like that? It's perfect, but the only thing is that it has too much UV, ultraviolet, ultraviolet radiation and light. So you genetically modify your skin to be purple rather than whatever color your skin is right now. And you know this, this is just going to keep happening. There's just small, tiny modifications to our DNA, whatever planet we try to inhabit, for example. And... Within within a hundred thousand years, you're gonna have thousands of planets that are inhabited by slightly different human beings that continue to mate with each other and and vary themselves within those slight genetic modifications, and those are going to evolve too. Because okay, life evolved into us primarily being the dominant species, but through us being the dominant species, there's going to be another bunch of different life forms that branch out. A part of me thinks that we're the benchmark for for the rest of, of the evolution of life. And who knows where that's going to go, you know, especially with AI. I don't think AI will replace us. We'll try to accommodate ourselves with it and have it be a tool that we use and enrich ourselves through and be able to create through a lot easier. But, um, you know, because like even like in Avengers and, and Tony Tony Stark just talks to his AI robot and it, it, he mentions his intention to the robot and the robot calculates and does everything for him and then he looks at that, arranges it the, the way he needs it to be arranged and then he continues. So you know, it, might, it might not be the best example, but it's just really how, how it is. We, are, we have, sure, our Alexa right now in the corner that, that we can talk to or we're using voice command a lot, but to carry our intention and be like, yeah, let me try to create something... Uh, you know, a bit circular, like an egg, but somewhat between an egg and an elephant and, and maybe a bit of a chicken. And then the AI will create a random combination for you of different sculptures that are based of off of these shapes that you mentioned in animals. And then you can choose from those which ones you can you want to continue with. And then you continue with them and talk even more like, okay, let's add a dash of red here. Like, let's make it 20% red, 30% blue and 10% pink and 5% white. And... Then, then it'll show you another combination of things that have those variations of color, and then you can choose those. Uh, so it becomes rather a matter of intention and choice, and just looking at the combinations that, that can do that. And you look at the AI programs that we have right now, and they do that. You give them a set of instructions or rules that they need to define themselves by, trying to be uh, efficient when it comes to wind pressure or whatnot, and then it starts creating shapes that are efficient 
to reach terminal velocity quickly when when you fall out of a plane. And the, the AI created thousands of different shapes that that are that we couldn't imagine that are fucking just great at at dealing with air resistance. And one of those shapes was the skeletal structure of a squirrel. And I thought that was fucking insane, you know, skeletal structure of a squirrel. That skeletal structure, which is an efficient form of, of you know, a squirrel can, can jump and, and glide through the air if he wants to. And that type of, or it wasn't a squirrel, it was, uh, what's that thing that looks like a squirrel that can, that can fly a bit? <laughs> Yeah, squirrels fucking fly. Crazy. So that's also crazy, you know? And that's a form that, that came out of, of out of the universe on its own through trial and error of what works and what doesn't. And iteration, trial and error, what works, what doesn't, what works, what doesn't. But that came from the experience of life that came beforehand to lead to the squirrel. And... <laughs> the fact that that's something that's something that existed within the rules of the universe and then through the rules of the universe through us through this process we were able to create something that can also find efficient structures like that too is just a representation of this process that's just happening faster and that's how energy tries to represent itself just in a faster way and it's representing itself like that to us and through us and who knows who knows where we're going to be in the in a thousand years or a hundred thousand years there's going to be a bunch of different slightly different life forms of, of humans and they're all going to genetically modify themselves and change and there's going to be separation but see that's the point is that even then even even though we came from all all of life that came before before us we separated ourselves from all of life and we we thought of ourselves as divine entities and we separated ourselves from anything animalistic. And there is a necessary psychological need for that, to separate yourself from something before you can create your own identity. And we created our own identity. And now that we created our own identity, we can look back and think, okay, this is, uh, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. And now we can relate to it again, but we're still different. And we do that with with us as we develop psychologically. We grow. We we, there, we come through. We go through a phase where we hate our parents. We hate the people that we are literally born from. The the same DNA we were in our mother's mother's womb for nine months. Every single piece of protein on our body came through her to us. We were her just as much as we were anything. And then we get through a stage where we just hate our parents for like a year, uh, being a teenager. And then you start establishing your own identity. But to establish your own identity, you really need to distinguish yourself and repel yourself away from from what you were, you know, to become who you are. And sure, we separated ourselves from animals and now we're here. But let's say in 100,000 years, when we have different, let's say, species of, of human as well, just like there's cats <laughs> and, and there's going to be like different... Uh, alien alien like humanoid people all over the galaxy are they going to separate themselves from from each other probably i hope not you know this is one of the reasons that I, i'm doing what i'm doing i guess because this this separation this we need to realize that once once we're there once we're at the stage when we look back we came from every single thing that came before us and then we still decide to separate ourselves from everything that came before us 
Sure, it's awesome because you get to define who you are and you get to define something new and energy gets to represent itself in a different way and fucking fantastic for energy. But is it really good for energy itself to flow that way? Because the more separation there is, the less there is flow. But once you create separation, you create another opportunity for flow to exist. But it's just how energy moves and energy is going to move the way it needs to move to continue moving, right? And that's the thing, you know, how are they going to separate themselves from each other? Are there going to be wars between different planets? Probably. But that doesn't change the fact that they came from us. And that doesn't change the fact that we came from other animals and doesn't change the fact that those animals came from smaller things and, and atoms and the universe itself. And it's all just a part of this intelligent process. But I hope, you know, by then, like if we can actually conquer the, the galaxy and, and, and populate and... and <laughs> colonize colonize this universe it's starting with us right here and right now definitely everything that we do is building up to, to that and it's one of the directions that we can take and it's a very clear direction that, that we should take because there's no at least in my mind right now not really another direction um just i hope by then like they're smart or wise enough to remember that we were one we are one. The separation is, is nonsense. The wars we're fighting are just causing us to damage ourselves a lot more than they're causing us to prosper. And if we really want to prosper, just realizing that, realizing that we're all just doing our best to, to move on and for everyone to do the best that they can do, the best that they can do, and, and that's it. But I think it's an idea I'll explore a bit more often in the future. It's, it's a nice one. Uh, separation and then... You separate, identify, and then you reunite, and then you separate again, identify, reunite. It's a very important part of the universe. Just how we take energy from the universe to use it and communicate through words or through light, art, whatever. We take it, we separate it from what it was and make it into something new. And then we make it into us. And then there's something else that we need to separate again to make into us. And that's just constantly happening. But hey, I think that's enough for today. That was nice. I enjoyed it. I hope you guys can appreciate the things around you, maybe. Um, I appreciate you, Mike. You've been really good to me. You've been nice. Um, <laughs> I'm really thirsty. Uh, yeah. Let's see where this narrative goes, right? I really don't know. <laughs>